season's going to end on a double doink. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin. There's going to be a parade on Broadway. And your hosts, Brendan Deeg and Eric Warner. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Hello, football faithful. Welcome back to another episode of the Double Doink Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button. That is greatly appreciated. Give us a rating. Give us a review, whatever you can do to help us out. It's greatly appreciated. My co-host, Mr. Eric Warner, is with me. Eric, draft weekend is finally over. I am very happy. Um, How are you feeling? How was your weekend? Weekend was good. Weekend was good, but something just happened that kind of ticked me off, to be honest. I got to vent a little bit here. You won't understand because you're not a coffee guy, but... (laughs) I'm a, during the podcast before or during, I like to have a coffee while we're doing this. And so I run over to McDonald's. I've saved my coffee cards. So I've had seven. So I get my next one free. When you do that, you can upgrade to a latte or a cappuccino. I was thinking about it all day. I go to get my cappuccino. I come back and I realize they gave me a, a double double, which is like, oh, for, somebody, man. for somebody that, only will drink their coffee black or with a little bit of milk. The the double-double is like the most unappealing thing possible. So I'm a little ticked off that my coffee got ruined, but nothing would nothing could ruin the Bears draft over the weekend. Are you a black guy? Do you drink black, like coffee straight black? I prefer a little bit of milk, but black doesn't bother me. That's like a milkshake compared to a black coffee then. Like a double exactly. double. Like just complete I get it. I don't have to I, I'm not a coffee guy, like you said, but I I I uh yeah, it's weird. I've never just, I've never liked coffee. It makes me anxious. I don't know. I just like the feeling of it. Get your eight and a half hours of sleep. That's how I always think of it. Um, but uh, right. yeah. All right. Let's talk some, uh, let's talk about this weekend. Um, okay. I have to start here because I was venting this for a month on the podcast. I need to get this out. Eric, what the hell was with the Mac Jones at free hype? It was not clearly never true. Who was getting this information? It was clearly Trey Lance all along. What happened? I I wish I could tell you. It, we were puzzled as soon as the Mac Jones rumor started. We looked at each other and said, wait, like we're talking about Mac Jones here, right? Like the guy that despite all those numbers he put up at Alabama, there was never any hype around him during the season. And then just because San Francisco makes a trade, all of a sudden, this Mac Jones hype went through the roof, and you and I, we both never bought into it, and we were right. Like it was never gonna be Mac Jones. Exactly, and I, I'm so curious behind this because this is this isn't like we had one guy, like one one rep, reputable NFL source talking about this. We had Adam Schefter, Dane Brugler had him on the mock. Um, I had him in his last mock draft. Peter Schrager had him in his there in his last mock draft. You had some of the smartest NFL draft guys, some of the most in, I guess, in the circles of the NFL world, saying and preaching to fans, 
like we're we're stupid like that we, we don't know what our eyes see because Mac Jones like I'm not saying these guys are stupid that's not my point my point being is it's like everyone just listened to like who in the, who in San Francisco like they had to be getting the information from someone in San Francisco you know what I mean like someone had to have been feeding this um it's almost like one rumor hit it's almost like one rumor hit and then everyone took took it with them like everyone believed that, that this was true it, it just it never made sense to me from the start. Um, we want a lot of money. Our, I was preaching to our friends, and they won a lot of money this weekend. Bet Trey Lance a, a third overall. It was funny because he was actually – I got him at plus 315. You got him, I think, at plus 225, correct? And then it was he was plus 225 leading up until around – I think it was like 11 a.m. on Friday because I was active checking this I because I, I was so curious by this because it, it made no sense to me. And then by the, by the end of – by 8 p.m. kickoff on Thursday – Mac Jones was down to plus 300. Trey Lance was minus 200. So, like, it, it, it baffles yeah, something I – that's what I was kind of – when we were doing our mock draft episode, that's what I was – kept saying. I thought that the whole Mac Jones hype was all driven by Twitter. Like, I didn't yeah. hear – I didn't hear a football guy, like a GM or like a – a scout or something to speak highly of Mac Jones. It was all Twitter personality guys who, I mean, they have their sources. I don't know if broken telephone or something. Yeah, that's but... like, you, you perfect. Bro, broken telephone. It was like that. It was almost like one person got a hold of a rumor in San Francisco saying they like Mac Jones, and then everyone took it. So, yeah, but I mean, we're both in agreement that Trey Lance was the right pick yeah, as well. 100%. Right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Trey Lance was the right guy. Um, in. I think if you wanted to like Fields more than Lance, yeah, by all means. But I, I feel like for the situation it was, look, he his comparison to me was Colin Kaepernick. I thought Colin Kaepernick and Trey Lance had a lot of similarities. Um, look at who Kyle Shanahan, the best offense that was almost run by Kyle was, I, you're probably probably 27 or 2016 in Atlanta. I'd say it was probably the best offense that he had. But before that, it was Colin Kaepernick, right? Like in San Francisco, that offense was electric. Um, RG three style offense as well. I, I don't know if you guys remember that, but that offense that they ran in 2010, I believe it was RG three's rookie year. A lot of that offense is basically alive today in the NFL. They kind of started that. That was kind of Kyle Shannon's starting point almost of his, of how he burst his offense. It was in Washington with RG three. And a lot of that offense is played today. So like it's, it's he's going to run a similar style to that. I, I think they're going to be ex really, really, really exciting team with him. And, uh, I might have sprinkled five bucks on him to win MVP next year, plus 10,000. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even know that those odds were out anywhere. Yeah. I I think, though, that the next question comes, I don't think Trey Lance is going to be the starter day oh, one. Oh, no. I'm not buying it. I, he, he's got to be. He has to be starting day one. I mean, they say that now, but you you believe that? I do. I, do. I just – Trey Lance, the thing on him was what – 14 games approximately as a starter at college. I believe he only played one or two last year. So it's been a while since this guy's played football. I think just to throw him out there on day one with a team with Super Bowl aspirations, I think might be a little much. But I mean, that's what training camp is for. That's what preseason is for. We're going to, those coaches will make the decision on it. But I, if, if I had to put money on it, I think Jimmy G would be starting game one. Well, oh, man, that'd be disappointing. That'd be so disappointing in my mind. Put the kid out there. I, well, you know what I, mean? I mean, I don't want to jump over to the Bears yet, but I, I think Andy Dalton probably is game. No, one no, well. you're nuts. No, no way. 
Justin Fields is playing day one. If it's not, like that's a it's a disservice to society if he's not on the field day one. I I wouldn't be surprised at all if Dalton or Jimmy G are still the starters. I mean, best quarterback in the league right now, Patrick Mahomes. He sat for a year. It's not crazy for a guy to sit a year when they're not as quite polished. And Trey Lance, that's probably the only thing you could say on him is he needs a little more polish. That's true. Yeah, like like Lance. I think had the fewest pass attempts. Or Trubisky, Trubisky had the fewest fewer pass attempts. I can't remember, but one of the he was close having the fewest pass attempts before heading into the NFL. So yeah, he needs some time sitting, but I, I think I think he, he can get him up to speed quickly. I, I'm really excited to see that offense run with Trey Lance. Like it's going to be fun, and it, and it's this could be like a, a beginning of dominance if they can hit this like a home run here. This could be like a, a the relationship between Shanahan and Trey Lance. Like this duo could be like the start of a, like a new Dolphins in the NFL. Um, now let's talk about the big rumor of the week. Adam Sheffer dropped an absolute bomb on us on during the draft uh, on Thursday or right before the draft. Sorry, um, on the pre-draft hype. He, he said Aaron Rodgers is not happy in Green Bay and wants out. Um, he's a lot of people. I think the tweet actually said a lot of people in the building believe that Aaron Rodgers will never play another snap with the Greenbackers ever again. Um, I know you love this news because he's been a menace. He's been the villain in your life for the past 10 years. Um, how how did you kind of react to all this? It was quite the bombshell. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been there had been those rumors for even going back to the Mike McCarthy days that there was a little friction between Rodgers and management. Brought in LaFleur, seemed like things were going great. And then they drafted Jordan Love. It was, I can't even fathom why they made that pick. Still to this day, it doesn't make sense to me. And if it ends up being the reason that pushes out Aaron Rodgers, like it could go down as one of the biggest mistakes in draft history. And the guys never even played a game. Yeah. Um, If this, the thing that pisses me off about this the most is Aaron Rodgers has been in your building for. I, how many how many years he's been with the Packers? I don't have the exact number, but 16. at least 16. Yeah, Christ, he's been in your building for 16 years. And on the 15th year, you should know how mentally stable your quarterback is by now. Like, you should be able to know his makeup. You should know his personality. You should 100% know everything about him. Like, he's been your lead general for 15 years. And you're telling me that you go and draft Jordan Love without knowing the effect that's going to have on your lead general for fifth. Like, it, it's just like, it was just complete this mis- mismanagement of knowing how Rodgers would react to this. Like, is it a bad draft pick? It was probably, yeah. And it, would, it didn't take it didn't take like, a, a, like a, a guy, an expert, to figure out that it was that. All you had to do was walk down in the hallway of your building and ask Rodgers, hey, you're going to be cool with us drafting the quarterback here? He says, no, you don't do it. Like, it, it didn't it, – the whole process behind it seems crazy to me for an organization that is pretty stable – and have been a pretty stable organization for a very long time. Um, I I don't think he's playing in Green Bay week one. I don't either. And yeah. also a kind of a weird like butterfly effect type thing. At the draft, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't drop that bombshell, I think that the Broncos at nine take Justin Fields. 100%. I I'm glad, I think I'm glad that, you brought that up. I think that the Broncos are probably the leading candidate to acquire, try and acquire Aaron Rodgers. There's something in his contract where post, I think it's June or July 1st, the money helps out both teams if he's traded past that deadline. So 
I think that Denver was looking at pick nine and said, hey, should we go with Justin Fields or try to trade for Aaron Rodgers? And that that latter possibility, we nobody even thought that was possible until about an hour before the draft. So literally everything that could have went right for the Bears went right. So are we in agreement that uh, Aaron Rodgers is a Denver Bronco week one? I think all signs are pointing that way. I mean... Do you believe the rumor that all it would take is for the Packers to fire their GM? No. For Rodgers to move on? Or do you think it's more than that? I don't know. I, I think it's more than that. I think this relationship's done. And I, it's a bad, bad, uh, bad like way to do business. Like if you just go and fire a GM because your quarterback says so. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I think point. that's a bad I think it's a bad way to do business. Um and I, I don't think the Packers GM is a bad GM either. Like I think he's they, they he's done a good job of building this roster. So I, I uh, I'm fairly confident that he will be a Denver Bronco. I think that's the only team that really makes sense. I can't like unless Houston yeah. Texans are do, going crazy and trading for him. I'm pretty sure he has a veto, so he's not going to Houston. Yeah, um, I don't know where I don't know where else. Like what other where other fits? I, I can't think of. I think the other the other sleeper the other sleeper team would be another AFC West team, and that's the Raiders. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, the Raiders would fit. And, I, I and would you be... could and you could give Derek Carr back. Right, just for some insurance, uh, maybe I don't know, like a stopgap type yeah, guy. But exactly, I I can't see any scenario where he's tra- he would be traded in the NFC. I think it has to be an AFC team, and Denver and and Las Vegas. They kind of are the two teams that make the most sense to me, anyways. And good options for him too. Like Denver is, they've got a they've got a slew of weapons. Like you're ready to win. So does LA or Las Vegas. Sorry, I think like those are great options for Aaron. If he was to go there, like, I think you'd be happy with both those places. Yeah. Um, I mean, both, both are offensive, uh, or Gruden's the offensive minded coach. I wonder if he would actually prefer Denver. Cause I can see Fangio basically just being like, Hey, you're the offensive coordinator as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what Rogers and his ego kind of wants. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's give five minutes here to kind of talk about our team's draft before we kind of dive deeper. Um, I want to talk about the Eagles draft here for a sec. I uh, I really liked it. I, I really like what the Eagles did this weekend. Um, I, I don't think I don't think the second round pick should tailor people's expectations of this. A lot of people didn't like the Leonard Dickerson pick. Um, but yeah, but let's kind of dive into it. So the Eagles took Devonta Smith, uh, the first pick. Excuse me. Then Leonard Dickerson, the second round. Milton Williams, Zeke McPherson, Kenneth Gainwell, Marlon Tipatulu. I can't I haven't got that one down yet. Taron Jackson, Jacoby Sears, and Patrick Johnson. You know, loved all from the Eagles draft. Taking Devonta Smith in the first round was exactly what the doctor ordered. This is a team that needed a weapon in the first round. They got it. They just needed some excitement on the offense. Who better to get than the Heisman winning wide receiver? The Leonard Dickerson pick. Yeah, I, I think there is there, there, there's some pushback that is legit to that. Because look, he he has he's I think four years in a row now that he, he has had a season-ending injury. This is a team that is able to take this risk. You the problem is is the process of these picks hasn't worked out well for the Eagles in the past. Andre Dillard and Sidney Jones. So that's why you fans are probably all up in all up in arms because we've done this before. We've taken guys with injury problems. We've taken guys with other problems that have fallen on the board, and it hasn't worked out for us. I think this one's okay. He's a lead. He's a general in that in the in that Alabama building. He's done a great job as a leader. Him and Devonta Smith in the first round is a great foundation for the for, for going forward. And then I'll only talk about the other two picks that I really liked. I really like Milton Williams at Louisiana Tech. I talked about him 
Um, I talked about him on the podcast before. I actually watched a lot of his tape before because I would look up his athletic traits and I was kind of like, whoa, this guy, and you 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 ripped me out for this, but he has a similar testing to Aaron Donald. I'm not saying he is Aaron Donald, but he's got the athletic traits of an Aaron Donald. He's a little undersized and his arms are small, so that is a problem. Um, if you are at the if you're a defensive lineman, like you need it, long arms can technically wins. Whoever gets your hands on you first, that's pretty much who wins the rep. Um, so that that could be an issue, but I think it's a great depth. Uh, draft pick there, and I really like Kenneth Gainwell. I, I preached this before. Drafting Kenneth Gainwell in the fifth round is an absolute steal. This guy gets upfield quick. He gets north fast. He's a perfect out of the backfield. He led the he led the, the nation in receiving yards out of the backfield. He's just the perfect complement to Miles Sanders. I really love this draft pick and getting him at one fifty when he was Dane Brugger's seventy fourth ranked prospect is astounding. I absolutely love what the Eagles did this weekend. I, of course, we have no idea how this is going to turn out. Drafts are very finicky, and I would like to get that on record again because it's like, like we have no idea how these kids are going to pan out. But the process was right. The Eagles did the right thing. They didn't reach for any players. They didn't reach for any position. They drafted best player available. I really like what Howie Roseman and company did this weekend. Yeah, I, I was impressed with the Eagles yeah. draft hall. Um I I was fine with uh, drafting the offensive lineman Dickerson there at two. I've never heard a coach say, oh, we have too many offensive linemen. I think addressing the trenches, no matter where you do it, is important. Maybe, yeah, the injury history is a little checkered, but it's football. But, yeah, they're so much value with their later round picks. But something I wanted to talk to you about was, like, one of the highlights of the draft was – when they selected Milton Williams and Howie Roseman does the big fist pump <laughs> and he's high five and everyone. And then he goes over to that. I'm not even sure who it was. Goes over to the guy and the guy just looks at him and shakes his head. Like yeah. they did not look like they were on the same page, but uh, did you find out anything more into that? Was yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I completely forgot. I wanted to talk about this. So I, my instant reaction to it is I was pretty freaked out. Like I was actually pretty mad. Was like, how could this happen? The pro, the reason why I was so mad at this originally was just because of everything that came out, right? You had the athletic article, just in general, the last three years have been very, very bad in, kind of in the draft, in, in drafting in general, and just the process that this team has had. So that's why I kind of, it, it was like kind of like an exclamation point on it. It's like, well, look at this. We were all right. But when you take a step back and think about it, I thought it was fine. Um, Howie Roseman gave a uh, he gave an explanation as to what happened. So the Eagles were supposed to pick at um, I think it was seventy, and then they traded down to seventy three and gathered another sixth round pick. And in who was taken at seventy two was or seventy one was Aaron Robinson, a corner out of Wake Forest, who it sounded like Tom Donahue liked. So the guy that Howie was fist bumping by the way, Eric, he was Tom Donahue. He's this isn't like a random guy. This is Howie's mentor. Like this is the guy that built up high rose and he's a former GM. He's been the, with the Eagles since 2012. He's a big part in the process. So this isn't just a nobody, but like the, why I don't think it's a big deal. One is because I actually like Milton Williams better than Aaron Robinson. And two, like, this is, this is what happens, right? Like we don't, we, as fans, we don't get to see the inside of a draft room. Like we, we only get to see what ESPN and NFL network shows us. And that's them all happy high five and hit this bumping. But Eric, like, we have our favorites, right? Me and you have our favorite prospects. I, uh, scouts are allowed to have them right as well, right? Like they're allowed to have their favorite guys. Everyone does. We don't get to see what actually goes down in the draft room. And it's probably a lot of disagreements that happen. And I, I think it's fine. Like, look, I, I like Milton Williams better anyways. Um, but yeah, people are going to be upset. 
Um, I, I just it, it just looks bad because of how the Eagles have been portrayed in the media the last three years. Yeah, I I figured it was one of those things where all oh, Twitter got a hold of it and just blew it up, made it way bigger. It was really funny people. though, right? It was yeah, it was, yeah. it was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I was still I was still laughing at it for uh, for a while. It was a funny video, but I, I overreacted. So my apologies if that hurt you on Twitter. I did overreact at the beginning, but after I take a step back, um, I realize it's fine. And I, I thought again, I thought the Eagles' profit process was uh was good all around all weekend. All right, Eric, then, let me know what you think about the Bears draft quickly because. We're doing our winners and losers right after this. I didn't include them in my winners, but they would be my winner number one if I if I did. I just wanted to. I didn't want to uh, put them in there because we're going to talk about them now. Yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah. I I'm thrilled with the draft to be honest. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields, we've touched on enough. Uh, outstanding pick. And then round two, they trade up again. I wasn't to be honest. I wasn't even really that focused on the round two yet because i fully expected the bears in round two to trade back and get more picks yeah uh, get some get some picks back for after trading up the day before but then they pull the trigger and pull uh go up to pick number 39 and grab tevin jenkins who's a guy personally if they took tevin jenkins in the first round at pick 20 i would have been okay with it i would have been okay finally address the offensive line i think I think that Ryan Pace was surprised that he was still on the board at 39 and he pulled the trigger on it. So I I'm happy with that. It's another massive position of need. He was basically only a right tackle in college. Actually, he was only a right tackle in college. The bears today released Charles Lino who quietly had a pretty nice career with the bears. I wouldn't consistent to say the least. He started every single game I believe since for the last seven years since he was drafted as a seventh round pick. So kind of really out outperformed that draw, draft yeah. slot. But they're going to be asking Jenkins to move over to the left side and play left tackle. That's always a little bit risky. But I mean, hey, why not go for it? I like that pick quite a bit. And then the Bears didn't really have many picks the rest of the way, just some fifth a fifth rounder which they took another offensive lineman three sixth rounders where they went running back wide receiver cornerback and then a seventh round defensive tackle i i was fine with the uh, pretty much every pick uh <laughs> khalil herbert the running back and daz newsom the wide receiver they they got some juice yeah uh, they both like do I, I like i like khalil herbert a lot i think yeah he's, he's a guy that's gonna instantly get five ten touches like week one yeah, and I mean, I mean, they ran Montgomery into the ground last year. Yeah. Backup running back was definitely a position of need, and they addressed it with pick or a sixth round pick. That is exactly what you should do exactly. with the running back position. Mm -hmm. uh, very happy with that. So yeah, all in all, I'm giving the Bears an A plus on this draft. Yeah. So the so just before we dive into our winners and losers, um, Dave Brugler again. I think I brought him up three times now on this podcast. But former guest in the show in an NFL draft analyst for the Athletic, he did his rankings of the best drafts so far this year. Or like his his rankings. This isn't. There's two articles out there. The one that I sent you warned about the Athletic. The Bears actually had the best value of the draft, like just analytically, um, which is going to think the Eagles were seventh. Dan Brug Dane Brugler did his rankings. He had the Eagles as the first best value or his favorite draft, and he had the Bears as the fourth. So if you told me that that was going to happen on Wednesday, I would have said you're completely nuts. Yeah, well, I, Bears went more quality over quantity, right? Yeah. So I could see from Dane's perspective, he sees the Eagles get 
three or four players that he sh- thought should have went higher. Bears really only got two, right? But bigger positions of need. But yeah, we're all in all, I think you and I are both thrilled. And yes. did you know one guy every hour, every day is diagnosed with testicular cancer? So this is a reminder to all the men out there. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Manscaped, in addition to providing the right tools and solutions for safe and easy manscaping, has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to spread awareness for men's health and early cancer detection. Together, TCS and Manscaped are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer. While you're down there cleaning up your sack, why not go ahead and give them a little investigation for lumps, changes in size, or any pain? I think we can all agree it's pretty fun playing with your balls anyways. Manscapes recommends you check yourself once a month. If you do feel any lumps or swelling, give your doctor a call. In addition to checking yourself regularly, you want to make sure your sack is looking fresh and clean with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Inside that perfect package, you'll find products and liquid formulations that have been developed to turn your bathroom into a salon for your balls. All liquid formulations use only the best ingredients. Some of these tools include the Crop Preserver, it's an anti-chafing deodorant, and the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner and refresher. This Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the anti-chafing performance boxers that keep your package cool and feeling fresh. Join the Manscaped movement and start taking care of your balls today. Get 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code DOINK at manscaped.com. Awesome. Alrighty. So why don't we jump in? We should three winners and losers of the draft. Um, again, I want to make get this point out clear before we uh, before we dive into this. The draft is very finicky. It's very hard to say who's a winner and who's a loser after the day or the day after, sorry, of the draft or the weekend of the draft. It's hard. Like we have no idea how these guys are going to go out. Um, we don't know how these guys are going to pan out. Sorry. Um, so it's hard, but like, again, this is our business is what we do. So it's fun to do this. Um, and I think you can define like three winners or losers, just, just from the process and and maybe some picks. So I think it's, that's not a bad thing to do. Actually, before we get into it though, I do want to give a shout out to four names. Um, Dave, Javon Holland safety from Oregon was drafted second round 36 third round pick to Washington football team, Benjamin St. Juice. Um, he's a cornerback from Minnesota. Third round pick Josh Palmer went to the Chargers wide receiver. Fourth round pick Chuba Hubbard, pick 126, went to Oklahoma State. Warrensy, four Canadians, four Canadian boys won this draft that ties a record. So congratulations to all four Canadians who got drafted this year. I love to see it. Nice. I love yeah. it. I love it too. All all should get chances to play almost immediately, right? I I think Chuba should walk right into Carolina and be their backup running back. I'm, I can't wait to watch him. Yeah, man, I'm excited. And, and I love to see Canadian NFL talent starting to spark up. We're starting to get more recognition here in the North. So I, I love to see it, man. I just wanted to give those guys a shout out. Um, all right, let's dive into this. So I'm going to start with my first winner. Um, I, uh, I'm i going to go with the Cleveland Browns. I really, really, really like what they did this weekend. Greg Newsom at 26 I thought was great value. I think he should have went before that. I know he's got some injury history, um, injury issues around him, but he's a great zone corner. Excuse me, does exactly what they want to do on defense. And getting Jeremiah Owusu-Kamura at 52, just tremendous value. He fell because he because he uh, he's a kind of a positionless player. No one really knows what to do with him, kind of. Like uh, the the Isaiah, well, who's the guy from Arizona? It's, it's Simmons. It's Simmons, yeah, Isaiah Simmons from uh, 
last year, but of course a little more talent Isaiah Simmons. But JOK, man, like this guy is a this guy's a stud. He's a big hitter. He's a young, he's only 21 years old. And getting him at pick 52, he fell. A lot of people had a first round grade on him. So I like that. And I love their third round pick, Anthony Schwartz at 91. This is a guy that I really liked. I was really curious to see where he goes. He can absolutely fly. He ran a 4.24 at the combine. He's a or not a combined his pro day, absolutely bullet. And the problem is he's not very a fine. He's not really a, like a. He doesn't really have like the route tree down. He he's not a football a player. Exactly. Yeah, he's a track star. But like, yeah. it, it's fine. And taking him there, and like this, it, if you have Odell Beckham Jr. like by like in front of you and Jar Jarvis Landry, you put this guy in here that can just that can gun and run nice post routes and stuff. It just opens up the offense a lot more. And getting behind those guys, I think it was really key for him. Like he's probably really thrilled to go there to learn from two of the best in the NFL. So really, really, really like what the Cleveland Browns did. Yeah, I had them as a winner as well. I really liked what they did. To be honest, Schwartz was probably the only pick I wasn't crazy about that they did because I I don't think he's a football player. I think he's a track athlete. But, I mean, at least they took him to the third round. They didn't do what the Bengals did and took John Ross, like, 10th overall. So, learned from that. I loved what they did on the third day of the draft. They uh, – they really helped address the trenches with two guys and um, picked up a linebacker as well. Um, JOK in the second round, that was a guy that I mocked to them in the first round. So getting wow. him in the second round, I thought was value. And Greg Newsom as well. Uh, cornerback was a weakness for this team. And Denzel Ward and Newsom, uh, th that sounds pretty good to me. So, I yeah, I had them in as a winner as well. Yeah. Um, you go. Give me, a, give me another winner. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stay in the AFC North and actually give a loser here. I was not happy with what the Pittsburgh Steelers did. Um, we both said that they would take Najee Harris in the first round. They did. I don't hate the pick, but at the end of the day, it's a running back in the first round. The bigger problem for me with what the Steelers did is that they didn't address the trenches at all no. until late, late and. They lost three offensive linemen from last year, and that unit really struggled to begin with. So they didn't get any help there. They lost Bud Dupree in the offseason. They didn't do anything to help that. They took they took a running back and tight end with their first two picks. I For a team that badly needed help in the trenches, I didn't agree with that. Yeah, and you said it. They they took a running back in the first round, and it's like everyone knew knew everyone in the world knew he was going there. The reason I didn't like it is because they kind of cornered themselves into doing it. Like this is a problem that should have been solved without giving you a first round pick on it. And like Najee Harris, like if I don't know if he's really like like if you're a first round running back, in my opinion, you got to be like you got you got to be the best running back in the league by year two. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. So. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest fan of that either. And yeah, they, 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 I thought they needed some interior. Like I thought they just need some D line help. They didn't take a D line until the fifth round. Um, and like, once you kind of get past, like pick like round five or round four, even the defensive line help, like or defensive line talent really drops off because those, that's a position that gets pushed up in the draft just because of, it's a, it's a premium position. Right. So once you start taking D line in the fourth, fifth round, like, Odds are they're not panning out, so I I, I agree. I, I'm not a I wasn't big on what the Steelers did. Right, and actually, um, I'm gonna stick with another loser here and go again with the Seattle Seahawks, oh. another team that just didn't address the trenches whatsoever, and it it's shocking to me. Um, 
They didn't have a pick until number 56, I believe. And yeah, 56. Yeah. And they went on a wide, they went wide receiver when they had way off the board. And they take Dwayne Eskridge. Like, come on. He wasn't even the best receiver on the board. Yeah. He's a speedster guy, but like they have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on the depth chart already. I like that guy, David Moore, too. I thought he flashed some signs last year. Like, wide receiver was just so far down the list in terms of need for Seattle. And like you said, on top of it, they reached on a wide receiver. But this team is just desperately needs Trench's help. And to not address that with their pick 56, I thought was a massive mistake. 100% agree. They actually, they were on my losers. I was, I took them because I was hoping you wouldn't so we'd get different teams. But uh, yeah, like, and one, they only had free picks. So it, it, they were, they were kind of in a tough. That's also game. another factor, I guess, why yeah. they're losers. Why did, why not trade down, right? Like why yeah. not gather more picks? Like that should have been their day one goal is let's get the, let's get the hell out of round two. Like, well, let's, let's get out of round two. Let's get into round three when we can start making picks. Let's gather some more ammo. I, I don't really get it. And I thought they could have made, like Dwayne Eskridge wasn't the 56th best player in the draft. There's just no way. Like I, I look. I, I'm no. I'm a wide receiver expert scout, yeah. but like I hate that pick. He's he's 24 years old. He's like 24 and a half too. He's not just 24. Like he's almost. He's gonna be 25 next year. Like think about that when you're drafting. Like you don't want to draft guys that are that old. Like I hate to say it. It's always been a pet peeve of mine when teams reach for guys like that. Like he's already probably hit his ceiling. Um. And yeah, he's a speedster, but like you can find those guys later on. I don't know. I yeah. I hated what they did. Um, they didn't. Our, they didn't address the trenches until pick 200 in an off season where Russell Wilson vocally said he's tired of getting hit every play. And they waited to the two hundreds to do something about it. I 100% agree. Um, all right. I'm going to go with a winner. Um, I'm going to go with the New York jets really like what the jets did. Um, they, uh, they, they went in the first round and of course they got Zach Wilson, which I thought was a great pick. Um, and then I really liked, like. I'm not a big fan of trading up in the draft to take anyone else um, besides like a quarterback, but they needed a guard so bad and going up against Elijah Vera Tucker for a third and fourth round, I thought was good value. I thought it was fine. I think Elijah Vera Tucker might have like the highest floor out of almost any of the prospects taken. Like he's going to be a solid guard for you. If, mm-hmm. if he's not, I will be so shocked. I don't eat my words, but I think he's, he's got, got at least, at least league average guard play for you in the next five years. Um, and they need that desperately. Elijah Moore at 34, I thought was also great value. Um, he uh, He's a guy that I think can win on the outside. That you can play him all around the offense. I think he's going to be electric. I think that's a great uh, – like, just go help your quarterback. And they did it with the picks. They just did it with their next two picks after taking the quarterback. Love to see it. And then Michael Carter Michael Carter in the in the fourth round. I thought he's – I thought he was – like, if you like – Travis, like, if you just look at from the Jacksonville standpoint, if you want to take Etienne over – like Michael Carter in a three round difference. I think that's insane. I think like Michael Carter, like a lot of people had him as like a third round great running back. I thought that was a great draft for the Jets. I really like what they did. And I think they're going in the right direction. Yeah, I agree. Uh, cool that they drafted two Michael Carters. I thought, yeah, exactly. Funny. Yeah, they took one in the sixth round as two, right? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Um, the Elijah Vera Tucker trade, a lot of people weren't happy with it spoke about it negatively because at the end of the day it is trading up for a guard but i i like the move because you've been beating the horse this horse to death like they have the worst guard play in the nfl Mm -hmm. they needed a guard more than anything and you don't want to put zach wilson behind a shoddy offensive line 
go grab that. And they just have two absolute beasts on the left side of their offensive line right now with Becton and Tucker. I like that move. And then you go and get uh, Zach Wilson, another weapon with Elijah Moore. I, and then the running back, Michael Carter as well. I, I'm with you. I have them as a winner as well. I liked a lot of what they did. All right, let me get a loser here. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Urban Meyer, my boy, man, what are you doing here? Well, not my boy. I, I didn't like the hire from the start. I did not like his draft. I thought he could have got way more value than he did for a team that had this, an abundance of riches in this draft with, with just top picks everywhere, first round, second round, you name it. They were drafted everywhere often and high, so – I didn't like their value. Like, I don't like taking a Travis Etienne in the, in the second round. I'm like, why address the running back position right there? Like, you had other opportunities to do so. You didn't need to do it at pick 25. I know you probably want – they wanted to get Trevor Lawrence's friend. Like, let's let's be realistic. That definitely swayed the pick. And if you tell me no, you're lying. Travis Etienne was not worth the 25th overall pick for a team that already had James Robinson, who he had, like, over 1,300 yards last year on the ground. Why address a running back there? It just doesn't make any sense to me. And another thing too, like Tyson Campbell in the second round might be like it might be it might be a fine pick, but it really shows what they think of CJ Henderson, the guy they just took last year. So like it, it pretty shows that they, they they're not high on him now. Uh, I thought they reached for a lot of their picks. Um, of course, they're getting Trevor Lawrence, but I had to fill in the loser because I just I hate I hate the Travis Etienne pick at twenty five. I thought it was the worst pick of the draft. Yeah, it's really, really hard for me to call a team that just added Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's a problem. Like they just added the best quarterback, but still. <laughs> I know, but that Travis Etienne pick, I'm right there with you in terms of it being probably the my least favorite pick of the draft. They they just took they didn't even draft James Robinson last year. He was an undrafted player that rushed for over a thousand yards. First player in NFL history to do that. Like the template is right there in front of you. Why you would take a running back at 25 blows my mind. Like mm -hmm. crazy to me, crazy Awful. to me, but they still ended up with Trevor Lawrence. So I'm not going to call them a loser. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to go to my last loser. And that was a Houston Texans. <laughs> we had the same mindset. Here. I had Seahawks and Texans in my losers as well. Yeah. I just, I hated the Davis Mills. Pick. Oh, awful. It was our first pick of the draft. They didn't have a first pick. 67. Pick, pick 67. They have so many holes on this roster, and they decide to go a quarterback. And why this pick makes absolutely no sense is because they still have Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson leaves the Houston Texans or something happens with the off-the-field issues and he is no longer the quarterback of the Houston Texans, this team is going 0-17 or 1-16, and they will have the first overall pick next year, which they would use on a quarterback. Thank you. That's why I hate the I hate this pick so much because it's going to tangle them for next year. It's yeah, going to it's, it's going to screw over their plans. Like, I, oh. it, yeah. And for me, what really I hate most about it is like Davis Mills. Now, like, I feel bad for this guy's career. Like, he's yeah. just being put in no man's land right now, and. He's either if Deshaun Watson say he does not play for the Texans next year and they just throw Davis Mills out there with that that team around him right now. Oh my god, I I don't I don't I don't want to watch that. Like that's not that's not okay. You can't do that to the yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that like the the next year outlook on it, because I think that's the big way to look at this. Um they're 
Like they're a team that's probably going to be bad next year, and it's going to end up with a top five pick. So why take a why reach for a third round quarterback right now? Who they are take like they took him to be the quarterback of the future. You don't take this is the same thing with the Jalen Hurts thing that I talked about last year. You don't take a quarterback in the first three rounds if you don't have the motivation to make him your starting quarterback at some point. Like that's what you use these top three round picks for for starters. You don't take them for backups. So. If you're taking Davis Mills right now, that means that the front office and the organization has re- has cl- clicked in and realized that this guy has a potential chance to be our starting quarterback. Why make that decision right now? It was unneeded. You don't need to do that now. Let let uh, they have Tyron Taylor. Let him play for a year. Let's figure the quarterback position out next year. You know, like I said, like they're kind of like I'm not saying they were in the same boat as Eagles, but fill up the rest of the roster. Then let's figure a quarterback later. Like it didn't, it didn't make it didn't make any sense um, at all. I, I hated that draft pick, um, and I hated what the Texans did. They didn't have a lot of picks, and they did, I thought they just they didn't use the resources well that they did have. Um, one more winner I got here. I really like what the Chargers did this 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 weekend. I like Rashawn Slater at thirteen. I thought that was tremendous value. Asante Samuel Jr. at forty seven. Again, another tremendous value. I thought he was going in the top thirty five. Josh Palmer, Canadian boy, talked about earlier. He's a kind of a bigger slot guy, power slot receiver. He can do uh, he can do a lot of things for you. And I thought Brendan James, offensive tackle in Nebraska, getting him outside the top one hundred and fifty, he's got potential like day one starting on the offensive line. He fell um, down, and I thought it was great value. Um, I really like the Chargers. Did I think they're going in the right direction? Right? Same with yeah. the Jets. I think Chargers, Dolphins, Jets, Browns, five, five kind of four bad teams. Basically, for the last like five six years, they're they're all transitioning well. Yeah, I I really really like that Slater pick. Yeah, um, I we kind of we kind of thought, hey, maybe the Chargers will trade up to get Slater, but they didn't even have to do it. He just fell to them, and tremendous value there. Um, and that's another winner that I have is the Carolina Panthers. They were at pick eight and took J.C. Horn. To be honest, I'm not as crazy about this pick as everybody else. A lot of people like it. I probably would have preferred Slater there for them. I just think Slater had he looks to me like he has an all potential to be an all pro type player. I don't know if I see JC Horn as being an all pro type player. So I think it was a little rich at eight. But then I thought about it, and you know what? They're in a division with Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, and Mike Evans. Cornerback to them is a more important position than probably to other teams just in that division having to go up against all those guys mm-hmm. and then but their second day pick terrace marshall to them i love i love that pick loved because there there is some uh, concerns about this guy and it's kind of it was the word that uh people were using to describe him is he needs more urgency well they have his uh they have his offensive coordinator from college i think yes. everybody knows how to get the best out of Terrace Marshall, it would be the Panthers and with Joe Brady. So I really, really like that fit there for them. But with that being said, I still kind of think that the the Panthers might have botched it just by trading for Sam Darnold early. Um, keep having him on their roster and they already committed the fifth year. So they've committed to paying $18.8 million to Sam Darnold next season or the year after next sorry and that took them out of the justin fields uh race so for me i think that it was up and down draft for carolina but i at the end of the day i liked it 
Yeah, you bring up a good point with Fields. Like, I, I don't – I would have rather just – if I'm a Panthers fan, I would have rather Justin Fields over Sam Darnold. Like, give me give me some more promise here. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought Carolina good job. It wasn't huge on the J.C. Horn pick first round, but they identified him as the best corner. They wanted to go that route, so I'm fine with it. Um, all right, anyways, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our draft coverage over the last two, three weeks. Eric and I put in tons of effort, and it was a fun process. Man. It was This was like our first time diving into this draft together on the Double Dome Podcast, so it was a lot of fun for you guys. Probably going to have one more episode either later this week or early next week, kind of maybe recapping everything that happened in the draft and looking forward to the offseason. So make sure to tune in for that. We'll talk to you then. Thank you so much for listening. This episode is sponsored by 22Bet. 22Bet is your one-stop shop for all your sports betting. Download the 22Bet app now for its easy-to-use interface. The app is fast and reliable and completely intuitive. The sign-up process is short, and the sign-up process is remarkably quick. There are lots of products, including slots and live casino betting. Mark your favorites for quicker access to your preferred sports leagues and teams. 22Bet is a huge selection of payment methods as well as options for cryptocurrencies. And transactions are fast and no additional fees apply. Take advantage of your 100% welcome bonus for your first-time deposit. 22Bet has some of the highest odds on the sports you're interested in, along with excellent coverage of sporting events, including local leagues. Terms and conditions apply. Visit 22Bet.com for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.